the Jim Channel podcast, bringing you the big picture on geoscientific information management through interviews and discussions. Hello, welcome to Acquire's podcast, the Jim Channel. I'm Sarah Mitchell. I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by Warren Carvey from Acquire. Warren is the regional manager for commercial support, and he's based in Canada. Hi, Warren. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm terrific. Thanks. 2016 marks 20 years of business for Acquire, and today we've invited as a guest speaker from Calgary, Alberta, Luke Savoie. Luke is a district geologist for Canadian Natural Resources Limited, which is a mouthful, but CNRL, uh, is one of the largest independent crude oil and natural gas producers in the world. So Luke, welcome to the Jim Channel and the Jim Podcast. Um, could you just give us a little bit of background? When did you start your career in oil and gas, and have you always been involved in the oil and gas industry? Well, actually, my career started uh, back in 1985 when I graduated university, and I spent uh, 10, 15 years in the coal industry first. So that was my early training, a lot of field work, uh, a lot of mine pit work, uh, a lot of exploration, and from there... Uh, after our company was sold to a competitor, uh, that led me to uh, look for a job in the oil and gas uh, sector, mainly because it was a lot more lucrative, and I've been there ever since. <laughs> Terrific. What were the biggest challenges for Jim when you started in the industry? Well, back in the mid-80s, uh, computers <laughs> were just really starting to come out. So everything back then was done on paper and pencil. So really, uh, collecting information was all handwritten. Uh, the transcription of it uh, into reports was all handwritten. So it so was it was night and day difference from today. Yeah, so <clears throat> digitizing the data would have been a big transition back in then, right? Well, that, from paper to digital. I think our first uh, field computer was a uh, a Windows machine running three point one, <laughs> and it was a huge step up to actually type stuff into a rudimentary computer. Right. Yeah. So, Luke, why did you focus on Jim? I mean, geoscientific information to a lot of people and the data, all of that data related to it, is seems like an intangible thing. Do, do, you, do you think companies understand how important Jim data is to the entire asset chain? Well, I think most companies understand it to a certain point. I mean, the bottom line is if you're dealing with bad data, you're likely going to make bad decisions. And those decisions, those bad decisions are going to cost you money. <clears throat> yeah, I think people get it to varying degrees, depending who you ask in a particular company. Certainly, some people have experience dealing with bad data. Um, other people may not have the same experience, but I think people value it differently, for sure. And I think most geologists would agree that, uh, given they're usually the people that are dealing with the data to begin with and are coming up with some sort of interpretation based on data, and then large financial decisions are being made on that interpretation, it makes a lot of sense to make sure that the data you're dealing with is correct. Yeah, having the confidence in the data. So I'm just reflecting back to you, when you said you started in 1985 and you were talking about the first computers in the field were these you know, clunky pieces of machinery without much um, memory or storage on them. So how, how was it working then um, I, that data being an asset. I mean, I, I assume that a lot of the stuff that you were doing was being stored manually? Yeah, for the most part, 
you know, we log core on, on paper. Uh, you'd bring back those messy notes back to the, uh, the camp. You would rewrite them out so they were legible. And then someone would transcribe all that into our rudimentary computer. So it was digital. But we weren't really using it in a database at that point in time. It was, it was more convenient to kind of print out a report that you could actually read. <clears throat> People were used to paper. They probably preferred paper over digital. Absolutely. Change it takes a while. Plus, I seem to recall, was it a, a picture from, from you, a uh, picture of somebody's office there that had paper and books, it, it, just a, an office full of, of paper and, and books, and that wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of older people, older geologists that, you know, kind of grew up uh, doing it that way. Some, some have uh, moved uh, into the digital world and others have not. Yeah. So it's a bit of a mixed bag still. Yeah, I think change takes time for sure. You know, one thing that you just said to me that I never considered before was that um, whether or not somebody's handwriting is legible could have an impact on business decisions. Yeah, absolutely. If you can't read the, someone's chicken scratch, <laughs> you're probably uh, going to make some interpretation of what the hell they wrote. And uh, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. And I, th I think there's a whole other set of problems. Uh, you know, back in the day where you could write stuff, well, you kind of had free reign to put anything you wanted down, and there was not a lot of consistency or forced consistency uh, of how things were named. So, I mean, in today's world, that's a lot different, right? You know, you got pick lists. Yeah. Here's your list of uh, seven faces that you can choose from, and they're all spelt the same way. Yeah. And you don't get the, uh, you know, the propagation of errors. So I, I really, I, I mean, that's that's just so much insight. I it, That kind of blew my mind there for a minute, just thinking about um, taking it all the way back to the handwriting. So now that um, we're seeing a movement in the industry for people to understand the importance of storing um, digital data and using tools for uh, to store the data. How how do you think these gym initiatives can help organizations prosper given the current market conditions that we're all experiencing right now? Well, I think one of the big thing is that we're dealing, especially in the oil and gas industry up here in Canada, we're dealing with really large data sets. So it's virtually impossible for any one person to kind of absorb everything that you could possibly look at. So I think data analytics where you can actually chart things is becoming increasingly important. And really to do that well and trust what you're actually creating, you have to have a good database sitting underneath it. And it really comes down to trust, you know, is the data I'm using to make, you know, multi-million, sometimes billion dollar decisions, are those correct or not? That's right. Now, there's a there's a lot of talk in the industry recently. And if you, you know, go to like the PDAC conference, for example, um, it, the focus seems to be on innovation, productivity, efficiency. Um, and that's pretty widespread. So where do you think the innovative trends um, are emerging? What do you mean by innovative? <laughs> Well, I guess that's really one of the questions is what do you what do you recognize as innovative? And I mean, if we if we talk about 1985, when people are um, using chicken scratches to um, 
you know, to start recording your observations and your measurements. Where, what, what do you see happening today that's changed from that? Well, I think there's a, a bigger emphasis on data quality. So having the ability to uh, force people who are collecting the data to make sure that it's right is a, a huge gain. Because I, I kind of look at it this way. There's two major points in, in the, the use of data. It's the actual collection of it first. If that's done correctly, then you got a good piece of data going forward that you can make a decision with confidence. And then the end use where you actually make that decision and, and go through financially with uh, a project. So really it comes down to, and I'll give you an example. So in oil and gas, uh, when you drill a well, you record a KB, which is the Kelly bushing. So all the data, all the downhole data hangs from that elevation. If, if you make a mistake at the rig, well, maybe that costs you a dollar to fix it right away, and, and then it carries on. But if, say, you miss that at the rig, and that KB gets back to the geologist in the office, they work with it, they create a bunch of maps, maybe later that afternoon they find out, oh man, this looks really wrong, I'm getting bullseyes. Uh, so they call the rig back and say, well, hey, I think you guys made a mistake, they correct it, now that's cost you maybe $100, $200 worth of time that the geologist has wasted in an afternoon, you know, fixing that up. Worst case scenario, he doesn't find that or she doesn't find that. The map gets created, uh, they plan a horizontal based on that data and they miss the target. Uh, so now you spent a million and a half dollars uh, drilling a horizontal that's missed the target. So you can, you can really tell that Getting stuff right at the very beginning is really important, making sure that it's right in your database to begin with, and then have confidence when you use it in the end. Luke, do you think from an industry perspective that business is starting to recognize the that ripple effect and the need for a geologist to have good tools in the field? You know, I think it's coming. Uh, the problem with stuff like this, it's a little bit nefarious, right? It's hard to measure the cost of not having good data and you can give examples like the one I just gave to you but really you know for a lot of oil and gas companies it comes down to return on investment so they're used to stuff like I drill this hole I produce gas I get paid for that gas this well pays out in three months and then I'm making money post that so that's easy for everyone to understand it's harder to put a lot of money into uh, a gym system if it's hard to see the returns for that. So it's a bit of a battle uh, doing that, but I think we're kind of, you know, the tide is, is turning that way. I think as, as the uh, oil and gas industry is struggling through the current economic uh, downturn, uh, I think people are recognizing that the companies that are going to survive are going to be the companies that do it better than their competitors. And that really comes back to, hey, I'm using better data that I can trust, and I'm making better decisions. Warren, what do you think? <clears throat> yeah, well, from my point of view, I think it's, it's definitely uh, uh, something that's growing. So even the term gym is something that, that we kind of coined several years ago, and, and you see it in job postings now. You see it used in the industry more and more. I think people are becoming aware that data management is is key and essential and if you have a proper gym solution that that's a competitive advantage for you over some other 
potential um, competitors. And, and I think it's definitely a growing trend. However, you know, change does take time. I'm very aware of that. Um, it almost seems to be uh, the younger generation seems much more in tune with technology and, and using, you know, tablets in the field and, and things like that. And it, it, it seems to be a growing trend. But it, again, I think it's going to take some time to, to, to really be uh, a widespread, everyone using a you know, proper gym solution. But I, th I think I've, in my 10 years of Acquire, I've definitely seen a, a growing trend. That's excellent. Um, Luke, what do you, th and Warren, I guess the question goes to both of you guys. What recommendations or advice would you give to geologists to help business understand um, the need for tools in the field and the, um, you know, the, the opportunity that there is to gain competitive advantage by getting that data, um, getting trust and confidence in the data early on in the, in the um, collection stage? I think really you have to look at your data carefully and point out stuff that's not correct and, and start to look at what the root causes are and show people that, you know, if we don't catch this stuff early, there is a potential that, you know, either something's going to happen that's going to be nasty financially or, you know, worst case mm. scenario, uh, you know, stuff like oil spills and yeah, health and safety issues, health and safety issues. Those, yeah. those things take down companies. Yeah. So it, it's, it's trying to keep hammering home to your upper management that stuff like this is really important mm. and you have to kind of treat data as a, an asset, just like a, a pump jack or, a, or an oil well or a pipeline. <laughs> so you have to treat it like it's, it's a, a, an asset that has to be nurtured. You got to put some money into it. You got to make sure you're doing it well for the company to do well. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I was going to say be vocal. So if, if you're a geologist and you find you're wasting two hours a day just looking for, for proper data, you don't trust it, you, you're, you're wasting some time, be vocal about that. Let your management know that you know, you should, you, you're wasting a quarter of your day just trying to find data. And then when you do find it, you don't have confidence in it. So you're supposed to model things and you know, sign your life away on this data that, that you don't really trust. And the bottom line is we don't hire geologists to find data. We hire them to do interpretation. So we would much rather them not look or spend half their time looking for stuff. We want them to spend their full time uh, doing quality interpretation with data they can trust. Exactly. Excellent. So what new technologies are you seeing emerge or being adopted within your organization um, that would help your company adapt to the current market, you know, th these downward market conditions? Well, I think one of the, the big things that we're really starting to use a lot more these days is uh, analytics. Uh, I don't know if I can mention the product we're using, but uh, graphically portraying your data and being able to process a lot of information graphically uh, and be able to, you know, mine that data, look at it a bunch of different ways. I think that's really coming to a forefront and companies that can do that over a large data set and glean some sort of competitive advantage. Those are the companies that are going to do well uh, going forward. Companies that don't will disappear, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. <clears throat> a couple of trends I've noticed are reporting tools. I notice um, with the different 
types of data coming in nowadays, the, the volume of data growing. <clears throat> There's all sorts of, of data collected now that probably wasn't collected 20 years ago or 30 years ago. So having the ability to report on specific types of data and put certain types of data together and, and spit it out into a report that's easy to find and, and that management can easily you know, click a button and see a particular report. That's something I've noticed the last few years people, people really want. Yeah, stuff like derived data where you're taking different pieces of data and you're kind of combining them to glean more information than just the original data is showing you. That's becoming increasingly important. And I think the uh, filtering ability to kind of filter out the background noise and to really get to what's really important for certain fields is, uh, is a definite plus. Okay, that's really interesting. Now, we've talked uh, a lot in the last couple minutes about the importance of JAM and, and why you think it's important. Um, what, are, what initiatives do you guys have going on, uh, Luke, to increase the awareness of JAM in your organization? So, um, over the last, well, we've, we've uh, used Acquire here for the last 15 years or so. Started off in our mining department and uh, eventually it moved to our thermal uh, department. One of the big things about that was uh, getting the right people. So I have two guys that are working with us now, uh, Malcolm and Stephen, that are top-notch uh, guys who understand data, understand the importance of it, and are really, really good at uh, showing people the benefits. So I think, you know, one of the one of the big things is finding the right people. If you get the right people the right process, and the right technology, then that's like the golden triangle. <clears throat> yeah, the winning it'll, formula. It'll, it'll sell itself. Yeah. Excellent. Then uh, you, you gave us an example earlier about um, the ripple effect that just the wrong kind of data can have throughout an organization and the, the impact to the uh, cost of a project. But do you have a story uh, or um, a specific uh, example where um, you had a benefit to the organization based on the data that you you were storing? Well, I can give you a really quick example. That's It's, it's going to seem small, but if you multiply this by a, a number of people, it, it becomes big. We had one geologist. Uh, she was looking for a bunch of data. Uh, so she spent literally two days combing through a bunch of drives, trying to find the information she needed to to uh, do some mapping and interpretation on her project. She went up to one of the, the guys and happened to mention that she was looking for all this stuff. And he said, well, let me help you with that. Literally 15 minutes later, 15 minutes compared to the two days she was looking, he had uh, compiled all the data she needed and delivered, her, delivered it to her uh, for use. So there you go, two days looking <clears throat> for stuff. Yeah versus, hey, I have all this stuff and I can find it for you in 15 minutes and you can start doing your interpretation now. That's excellent. I can't, she, probably, uh, she probably just wanted to cry after realizing that you know, th those two days were not the best um, use of her time. Yeah, and if you, if you look at that and you multiply that by 100 geologists all doing the same thing, it doesn't take long to realize that uh, you know, a lot of time is wasted. And, you know, they get paid fairly well. So you multiply that by, say, half their salary. <laughs> and, you know, even worse if they're using bad data and that 
goes through and as the example we have previously given then it's easy to see how this becomes increasingly important for any organization yeah, yeah that's fantastic I, I think we're going to leave it at that that's a really nice note um, thank you so much for joining us today, Luke, and giving us that insight. And Warren, too, you know, the added um, information, I, I think it's, you've just really provided a lot of practical information and advice for geologists, especially that might be trying to do this without the right tool. So thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed our discussion, please tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. And you can find it on the Acquire Newsroom at acquire.com.au. Thanks. You've been listening to Acquire's podcast, The Gym Channel. Find us at acquire.com.au.